Hi, I'm Heather Bruschetti at the Business Council of New York State. I'm the president and CEO, and now I am the host of this podcast called Connect, the Business Council podcast. The Connect podcast aims to bring you the most interesting interviews with business leaders and newsmakers from around the state. And now here's the host of Connect, Heather Bruschetti. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bruschetti. I'm the president and CEO of the Business Council of New York State. This episode, we are talking to Gareth Rhodes, who is the deputy superintendent and special counsel at the New York State Department of Financial Services and is currently on Governor Cuomo's COVID-19 response task force. He is a frequent uh, person appearing on the uh, the stage with the governor uh, to talk about everything that's going on regarding COVID-19. So I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Gareth. Thank you very much. Thanks, Heather. Thank you for inviting me to join. A pleasure. And I, I have to say, I, uh, I in, in a former life, once held the title special counsel. Um, it was to the attorney general. Um, and people used to ask me what that meant all the time. Um, and I would tell them that if I, if I told them, I'd have to kill them. So um, <laughs> I'm sure the same Some is Some things true. haven't changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, we know it's really busy. Um, here we are, you know, uh, Christmas week. I think everyone was really expecting there was going to be a big spike in cases after Thanksgiving. So, so let's let's set the stage here. Give us a little update on where the state stands right now, uh, numbers wise. Sure. So it it varies by region, but overall, you're exactly right. We saw for the month of November, really beginning about a week after Halloween, a fairly a substantial and sustained increase in both cases and positivity across the state. We went from around a little over 1% on the rolling at, on the seven-day rolling average at the beginning of November to close to 5% uh, approaching Thanksgiving. So this was it was extraordinarily concerning, uh, I think, to, to everyone, and especially with the knowing what Thanksgiving could mean with the travel, with people getting together, the data showing that a lot of the new cases were coming from small gatherings in private homes. There was a real concern. But here we are now, uh, nearly you know four weeks from Thanksgiving, and you look at the data, there's New York in some ways has leveled off. You've seen a little bit of a leveling off uh, across the statewide starting about one week uh, into December in terms of new cases per day and positivity. And as expect, and as what would make sense about now in the last week, we're seeing that reflected in some of the hospitalization numbers. Uh, we had two days this past week where actually less people were hospitalized with COVID than the day before, which is very good news. You recall back in March, we had almost 1,200 people, uh, the hospitals, the day-to-day growth in COVID hospitalizations was about 1,200 people at our peak in late March, early April. Uh, that number now is is uh, at, at at most about 100 a day or so, and sometimes it's a it's a negative number. So, the 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 hope here is that going into the the upcoming holiday, Christmas, New Year's, etc., that we we we, do, we uh, these holidays don't necessarily have to lead to a to a large spike, and their numbers vary by region. Western New York was in November in mid November we were 
by far the most concerned about Western New York. Uh, they've now actually not only just had their numbers flattened, but on every metric they've had a decrease, which is very, very encouraging and goes to show that if uh, the residents of these communities really do take it seriously, they can turn things around uh, before it gets worse. Uh, there's certainly concerning signs in, in other parts of the state, the Finger Lakes region. Uh, I'm concerned about what I'm seeing in the capital region. Uh, but if you if if you if you look statewide, there has been a flattening, and Western New York has, I think, shown us that it, it, it's not inevitable that these numbers have to keep going up. They can flatten and they can start to come down. Right, and, and, and we think we, we we I mean we think that a lot of that is due to behavior and people taking transmission seriously and wearing masks and, and that sort of thing, right? Exactly, and this is why the, the the public messaging is so important. It's not just the restrictions themselves that are put in place, but if you if you close a bar, but everyone who's going to the bar decides they all get together in one person's house without a mask and without social distancing, uh, it's it's really the restriction really wouldn't have been effective. So what the important here is the restriction, but also the public messaging is making sure people are taking this seriously. And there's a I believe a direct correlation we are seeing in the numbers between the communities where this is really has been taken seriously and the and the flattening and then decrease. There are other states that we or parts of other states that have been seeing a Thanksgiving spike. Uh, in a sustained way that we haven't seen, knock on wood, haven't yet seen here in New York. So I am consciously optimistic for this upcoming week and the week after. We won't really know until the first two weeks of January what the effect is. But I was looking at some some data that was published in the New York Times over this weekend in terms of the amount of contacts people have. They measure how close your cell phone gets to someone else's cell phone, about 50 feet uh, over the Thanksgiving week compared to the year before, the na nationwide it was down about 40% from Thanksgiving 2019. But here in New York, it was down about it was down 54%, so about 14% higher, which is that is to me very encouraging. Particularly in New York City, it was high. It was uh, that the decrease was was high. So I am I am hopeful, uh, and you know I think today was a also a really special day with our first vaccinations going to residents of uh, nursing homes, long-term care facilities. Uh, we all know how hard those have been hit in these in, in this pandemic. So I think there is uh, many, many reasons that we have to keep our guard up, but also some signs of hope on the horizon. Right, so let's, yeah, we'll, we'll turn to the vaccine. I mean, I, I think um, the Moderna vaccine was approved and was started. they started shipping over the weekend. Um, and of course, the Pfizer vaccination program started already in New York. And so, so just in terms of run numbers, I mean, how many, um, I guess, vaccine, I don't want to say doses, but how many vaccines? So I guess for, for both, it would include the, the two doses. How many do we have? And, and um, you know, aside from the nursing home residents, who else is getting them right now in this first round? Sure. So how the federal government is doing this is they are, when an allocation is made, they will automatically hold back half of the number of doses. So because the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine require two shots. So we received uh, in our first al Pfizer allocation last week, 170,000 doses with an additional 170,000 held back in Kalamazoo, Michigan that will be shipped to those exact same facilities 
uh, three weeks later. We used about half of those to go right to the healthcare professionals, to frontline people in hospitals who were uh, at most risk. This was people in the ICU, uh, people in the emergency, emergency department, and, about, and then we reserved about half for the nursing home program, which started today. So that was the first tranche of the Pfizer doses that came in uh, on throughout the week last week. We've got an additional 120,000 Pfizer doses coming in this week. The majority will go to the nursing home program, even though, and uh, about a small number of those will go to the healthcare facilities. And then we have, we have 340,000 Moderna vaccines coming in this week, which will all go to the healthcare facilities uh, to continue su- and to continue supporting those efforts. And be, and we'll be and we are able to expand which healthcare workers are are now eligible uh, in ho- in hospitals outside of hospitals to get vaccinated with this extra Moderna allocation. So now federally qualified healthcare center workers can get it, EMTs can get it, coroners, medical examiners, funeral home workers. Uh, we're gonna also open the eligibility up to other congregate care uh, facilities, uh, those staff and their residents. So the more of these, of these doses we get, the broader we can make the allocation. So we have about 630,000, I think by the end of this week, we'll have about 630,000 uh, doses that will have been delivered to New York, about 410 to the healthcare workers outside of the congregate living context, and 221,000 to nursing home residents and staff. Okay, and so, and, and and not to get too deep into the rounds, but you know, I just for example, are are state employees in any sectors getting them? Are they are are they mandatory for anyone in in, in the state workforce? They're they're not mandatory for for anyone. We if a state employee would qualify under that those first categorizations. So if it's a state operated healthcare facility or uh, a state employee who you know operates as as one of these, and they would qualify. Uh, there is there are state congregate living facilities, healthcare facilities, OMH, OPWDD, Oasis, others where which are qualifying under phase one where where people who work for the state and work in these facilities will, will be eligible. Uh, but the 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 broader group of state employees who are more considered in the kind of essential worker class will be will be more further off down the road. Okay, so so who would be who's next after this this round? And and I, I don't know, I mean are the number of doses that you've described, is that enough to to really cover the the first group or or is there still more to do there as well? So this first group is about 1.8 million people or so, 1.8 to 2 million. So we we will need additional doses to be able to uh, complete the the first dose vaccination of that group. And we expect that uh, to happen at some point in January. After that is done, we will then turn to kind of what we're calling phase two and we are, as you, I'm sure, saw over the weekend, the CDC's, uh, the advisory committee up on immunization practices put out their recommendations for who should be considered in that phase two. They kind of had two tranches. One was 75 and older, individuals 75 and older, and then 
uh, essential, the most essential of essential workers, who they consider the most essential of essential workers, uh, teachers, police, fire, grocery, uh, prison, um, correctional employees, things like that. And then a, a, a separate uh, kind of subphase of uh, construction workers, waste operators, truckers, food service, uh, and than individuals 65 and older and other individuals with certain comorbidities. So that was what the CDC's committee recommended. Our Department of Health is looking at that right now and the state will in the near future put out our uh, guidance on that. But that is, you know, our hope is that, that this moves as quickly as possible, but we expect that group to be to, to become eligible at some point in late January. So, uh, but long before that we will have issued Guidance, and this is a you know really a purely clinical decision that the, that the Department of Health and uh, that we have a number of task force of people who this is what they do for a living. So they put this together, and my role is 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 really an operational one. Once they tell us here's who should get the vaccine, uh, it's it's we do everything we can to to make sure that it can happen as quickly as possible. And I'm sure you saw the news today that we've done about 40,000 vaccines so far in New York which of all the states that have publicly reported so far is the highest number. So we're proud of that and hope we can, you know, continue to to get these vaccines in people's arms as quickly as they arrive. Yeah, yeah. So like looking down the road a bit, um, I don't know, you know, let's start with um, when we when we had the initial shutdown, there was um, a designation of workers as essential and essential business um, that included manufacturing, included construction. Uh, would, the, would those categories be considered in determining the order of uh, receiving vaccines? I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, police or, or fire, but um, more, uh, you know, like the construction and manufacturing and, um, you know, people who are working in facilities that were, that were allowed to keep operating um, during the initial uh, shutdown. I think all of this is considered, and I know we're the DOH is going through the ACIP recommend the ACIP recommendations. It is a it is you from what I know that you it is you're looking at both what is the risk level of the job at hand, how often are you interacting with members of the public, where you could either be a someone who contracts the virus or uh, spreads the virus to numerous others, and also the the the, that person and their job, how critical it is to societal functioning. So uh, ensuring that schools can stay open, so uh, healthcare workers can make sure that they're, you know, they they can send their children to school and then be able to go to work. So there is there is an analysis done on 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 both of those areas, and these are these are hard decisions, which is I think important why we have really handed them over to the healthcare professionals. Uh, it's not something that I've been, in all, uh, been at all involved in. Uh, this is something that Dr. Zucker and his team is uh, very, very much involved in and less, you know, um, those of us who don't really have a public health background. So I am, you know, the moment they give us the green light on terms of here's who should be prioritized in phase two, you know, we'll get work to work right away with making sure those people know how, where they can turn to to get the vac get a vaccine and when, how, and all the logistical details. Right, and and I mean, if you want to uh, give a plug here to the state, um, the website, um, you know, when people start thinking about, well, I might be eligible here, I would imagine that's going to be 
on your website? Do you want to you want to give the site and and a little summary of what information might be there? Sure. So we have a a, a coronavirus health.ny.gov, which is a kind of our overall page. We have a, then a separate vaccination page that's on there. But we have a whole vaccination website that is just starting, and it's going to have a lot more information on it as time goes along. Right now, it has it answers the questions that we've been getting on social media and and called and emailed into the state, so answering as many questions as we can. Uh, there's a part of the site where if you want to, if you're a healthcare provider and want to administer the vaccine, you can sign up. We're trying to sign up as many people as possible around the state. Uh, to sites around the state who can administer it. So once it's more widely available, New Yorkers don't have to travel as, as far. Uh, eventually, we will have on there uh, more support in terms of scheduling and signing up to for an appointment and things like that. We hope to have a tracker at some point where people can see how many doses have been delivered uh, on what day and what part of the state and which different priority populations have been vaccinated and the number of those and how many people in your county have been vaccinated. The, most, the more information we can get online, I think the better. Uh, but as in, 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 the first, in the first couple of weeks, we'll have to continue to validate it and make sure we're getting the right um, information into the system. But we hope moving forward that we can put up as much as much as possible and it's really a user-friendly tool for people both to seek how to get vaccinated learn when they're eligible find a, a site nearby to get dose one and if necessary schedule for dose two as you know some of the vaccines that we expect to get approved next year only require one dose which will of course make it logistically much easier but uh, we hope to have that all up online so you can both figure out how to get vaccinated, but also track the state and your local community's progress. Right. So so assuming that, you know, like the Moderna vaccine, the other vaccines that are sort of out there all get approved. Um, you know, when would, you know, someone who's, say, not an essential worker, can work from home, generally healthy, no underlying conditions? I mean, I know this is like the six million dollar question, right? But, um, but you know, when when might that be? When would someone who doesn't fall into any of the priority categories think that you know they might be able to get the vaccine? So it's a it's a difficult question to answer. And Heather, the thing I will be looking for the closest, kind of heading into the new year, is when Johnson and Johnson uh, releases data on their phase three tri clinical trials. One of the silver linings to an otherwise uh, horrific situation where the we have rising numbers around the country is that it actually helps some of these vaccine manufacturers speed up their phase three trials because people who have the, the number of people who've received the vaccine, the placebo, it's the, the number of people who are had the placebo and are getting infected, it can help better, it can help the scientists better assess the, the efficacy of the vaccine. So as cases have surged, uh, there have been reports that it actually has helped speed up some of these uh, clinical trials. So I'll be watching very closely to see what Johnson & Johnson uh, says in the new year when they say it. Uh, that's a one-shot uh, vaccination, which if it's uh, effective and safe, and I think we will, will really help speed things up here. Of course, AstraZeneca we're paying close attention to. Uh, and there's a number of other ones which I think are expected, we'll, to, we'll expect it to learn more in the new year, but I'm watching though Johnson and Johnson really the closest to see uh, what comes out uh, the, and when it comes out and when they think they might be submitting for an emergency use authorization. And that will give us, I think, a much better idea 
in terms of when the general public, people who really you know don't have any uh, comorbidities and aren't considered essential workers, when they might have a had the opportunity to, to get vaccinated. Yeah, and you know, interesting. I saw today, um, you know, the headline of one of the articles was, you know, lobbying begins to get vaccine. And I, I did watch the governor's briefing today, and he made it very clear that um, there's no no lobbying that will be helpful in in getting people in a higher order of priority because the decisions being made strictly on a medical basis and. Um, and, and hopefully I'm, I'm capturing that correctly. And please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not something that you can do to get bumped up on the list, right? No, there's, there's, there, you could hire the best lobbyist in town and it will have absolutely no impact. And all of us get letters every day from uh, various groups who quite understandably uh, are suggesting that their employees uh, should be considered. And what my response is always is, is is this is our 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 clinical team our health department people who do this for a living are looking at this very 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 closely and they'll make the judgment and uh and the 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 key for me and our operational and logistics team here is the moment there's a green light move as quickly as humanly possible uh i to me it is making sure that those doses that come into New York are going into arms as fast as possible and we can get those rates up. That is really the, the light at the end of the tunnel in, 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 in my books is, is, is making sure that we're not, we're not, we're, we're making sure that the moment those doses arrive in New York, here's where they're going to, we're rushing them out there and making sure that people can sign up for those appointments and get those doses as quickly as possible. So, uh, and the quicker we get them administered, the quicker uh, each group will have a chance to uh, to get inoculated. So, I think a a a aggressive and effective logistics and operational side of this will have the added benefit of actually speeding up and hastening when different categories of people can can receive the vaccine. Right, but just now, I mean, for now, while we're just in the early phases of vaccination. Um, you know, we still need to wear a mask and social distance and be responsible um, so we can get to the end of that tunnel, right? Exactly. It is, it is key. We have, I think New York has shown multiple times that New Yorkers have shown that we, we really, can, when we take action, that we can bring the numbers down. And this is a big test. The next two weeks are a big test. Thanksgiving was a big test. Uh, and I think the data shows that New Yorkers took Thanksgiving very seriously, and that will sa- that will have saved lives, I believe. And now we have Christmas and New Year's coming up, and we have to take the same the same approach. If we can get to mid January, uh, January fourteenth, January twenty first, and look at the numbers from the from the, those from the holiday season, and have kept them flat or not seen a spike, it will have been a you know tremendous testament to New Yorkers acting responsibly. And then it's a, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have all, you know, we have let me pull my numbers here, we have approximately two hundred and twenty one thousand nursing home residents and staff, you know, who will be getting uh uh vaccinated dose one and dose two over the next four weeks. You know that's gonna do a, be 
uh, tremendously uh, helpful in terms of reducing hospital admissions, in, in terms of uh, reducing uh, f uh, fatalities. It's, I think if, if, if we are smart and, 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 and do this properly, uh, we can get ourselves through to the end of this virus with as few of our neighbors uh, getting sick and, and of course dying. Uh, that's that's the goal here. Is really, it's a. I think the governor put it best today. Is a foot race between uh, mass vaccination and avoiding as many deaths and hospitalizations as we can. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you mentioned mid-January being something of a, be a benchmark, and and I'm hoping that we'll see that there's no spike post Christmas, and 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 then looking forward to the end of January. Um, when, you know, looking forward to our Bills playing in the Super Bowl, right? Um, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know Pat to... Bailey is very excited about that. You have no idea. I, I beat Pat on that on that uh, that measure. I'm a lifelong Bills fan and um, and I've stuck with them. Um, so we're really, really hopeful and they're looking darn good right now. So, well, I, I just I think thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I don't know if there's any last words or parting message you'd like to leave, but uh, but you guys are doing great work and um, you know Godspeed. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for all that you do um, with the business council, and uh, we are happy to to be working together and looking forward to when this is all behind us and hopefully the not too distant future. All right. Great. Thanks. <laughs>